Welcome to From the City Desk, a new podcast from the city of Kingsport, Tennessee. Hello, I'm Chris McCart, Kingsport City Manager. And I'm Hannah Purdy. Today, we're going to take a look at the role of a city manager in local government, in general and in Kingsport. Then Chris will share what his first two months as city manager have been like and what his goals are for Kingsport. Chris, what, what, what is a city manager? Can you explain? Yeah, the, so the city manager is basically the CEO of your city. Uh, so if you're familiar, when you look at a city management structure, it's very similar to a business structure. Uh, we operate under the uh, really the, a lot of the same principles and philosophies. Uh, it's just different because it's public government. In fact, when I was going through ETSU to get my master's degree in public administration, we were housed in the College of Business. And so this is a profession that goes back uh, well over 100 years. It really began as cities became more and more urbanized and the need to manage multiple disciplines of services in order to provide quality government, in order to provide quality infrastructure, and really just to help maintain public health. Some of your early city managers were engineers. Uh, they were engineers and they were moving into the role of management because they were very well disciplined in the different levels of city government. So when you start looking at water, sewer, roads, uh, those were the key things necessary to move a city forward at that time. Over time, that began to evolve and you began to see uh, professional city managers come into play. Uh, some you know notable schools, obviously University of Kansas is one of the, those top schools. University of Indiana is another top school, but right down the road here in Johnson City, East Tennessee State University, um, early in in probably the the seventies and, and early eighties was known as the city management school for the state of Tennessee. They were producing more city managers that were being placed in cities across the state than any other college. And so they've got a they've got a strong history in that, and that's where I went. And uh, as I've kind of gone through this and, and looked at, uh, and been, I guess you could say a student of this profession, one of the things that I've admired about it is just the success that you see in uh, cities that are run by professional managers. You know, when you look at our different types of uh, government, you've got uh, the council manager former government, which is what Kingsport has. They have a, a board of mayor and aldermen or a council, if you will. And then they have a, a manager, which they've hired to oversee the operations. You then also have a strong mayor uh, with a town administrator. And then you have a strong mayor with multiple administrators that are kind of serving underneath that. I tend to think that the, the council manager former government is the, the best form of government. And I think if you look at statistics over the, this country, you'll see that uh, strong cities, strong infrastructure, strong economic development, school systems, all of that are tied back to professionally run cities. So what makes the council manager system better than other forms? I think it, it brings in the professional manager. I think it allows the board to focus on a level where they're looking at policies, they're looking at uh, visions for the city, and then it allows the manager to dive into the day-to-day -day operations. The manager then brings that expertise in through staff that they hire that are, are really strong in those areas. Uh, we have a, a multiple engineers that work for us. Uh, absent of those engineers, 
uh, we lose a lot of the expertise. We have a, a wide group of accountants and folks that are skilled in, in financial management. Uh, that allows us to, to have really probably one of the, and in my opinion, just a very strong financially managed city here in Kingsport. Those are some of the benefits that I see that we have as a result of being a professionally managed city. So you're mentioning a, a board and a council. Can you give a brief explanation of what that is, too, and how that factors into the city manager? Yeah. So, you know, in council manager for former government, there's there's a lot of different variations. So uh, in some situations, you see a council that is, you know, five, seven or nine individuals popularly elected. In other situations, you have districts or wards. Here in Kingsport, we have a council manager for former government, but we also have a popularly elected mayor, which is a little is a little different. But it it also allows for uh, you know a, a clear figurehead on the board, and it provides uh, unique representation. So, how long has Kingsport had this system since since the beginning? Yeah, since we formed the city in 1917, we we've had this model in place. Uh, some of our early city managers, such as Frank Cloud, uh, were actively involved in the International City Managers Association, which I'm a member of today. They were founding leaders at that point, trying to get this, uh, trying to get this whole concept of a professionally managed city going. And so, you look back and you look at Kingsport's position in that, and how we helped kind of shape that future of where this profession was going. In those early years, Kingsport uh, was definitely a model for that. Okay, so talking about Kingsport's history of city management, let's talk about your history and how you got to be city manager of Kingsport, because you've been working with the city for a long time. I have. It'll actually be 22 years in October, which is hard to believe. It does very much seem like the other day. This really wasn't a path uh, 22 years ago that I saw myself going down. I came out of ETSU. I was very much moving towards a career in resource management. So I had actually worked for the Tennessee Valley Authority for a period of time before coming to, to Kingsport. So what got you on a different path? Well, it was unfortunate that year that the Tennessee Valley Authority was going to have to make a lot of cuts. I was about mm, seven months out of college. And so the unfortunate thing of being one of the last ones in, you're one of the first ones to go. And so I just happened to have some background in computer mapping or geographic information systems. And so I was able to get my foot in the door in transportation planning. And, and so I started doing uh, that work, uh, got into doing some transportation planning, started taking some classes through the University of Tennessee to kind of build upon my knowledge of transportation planning. From there, I moved into uh, development and really um, began to see opportunities opening up for me within the city at that point. So I stepped in as development services manager. Uh, Jeff Fleming was the assistant city manager for economic development. He would go out and recruit projects. Uh, he would hand them off to me, and then I would begin walking them through the process of being approved here on the city standpoint. From there, uh, decided that I better go back and get my master's and get a little bit of education in the field of public administration. Really, from there, the doors kind of became, it started really to open, I, I guess I should say, um, was offered a job as assistant to the city manager when John Campbell became the, the city manager here. 
And in that role, uh, initially, my, my plan was to slowly get myself immersed into the different operations of the city beyond development and transportation planning. Some retirements would come up and I would end up taking over some departments. One of those was our leisure services, which is parks, rec, Bays Mountain, senior center and library, and at that time, cultural arts. So I enjoyed doing that and, um, and then had opportunities to do additional work with some internal groups, such as our IT, our fleet, building maintenance. And then John retires, Jeff Lemon becomes our city manager, and I moved from an assistant to, to the assistant city manager. And at that point, really just jumped in uh, to this whole program and started working with community partners uh, working with some of our outside investments, such as MetaView, uh, was, you know, part of building the Aquatic Center, uh, which really, I guess we started with John Campbell, but then also um, getting involved with the Economic Development Board on a more regular basis and walking projects through there, and, and just also the day-to-day operations of the city. Uh, you know, it, it's funny when you're when you're sitting as an assistant city manager and you, you kind of have a, a piece of the pie that you have to work on on a regular basis to becoming city manager and realizing that you know the entire pie is at your desk and you've got a lot of different things to do, it changes your perspective. So I'm very, I'm very fortunate to have had the training and and just being here for for 22 years. I, you know, the players, you know, the culture. Uh, you see where we've failed, where we have succeeded, and you try to build upon all of that. Um, at no point do you ever want to get in a rut and just say, well, this is the way we've always done it. But anybody who's ever worked for me knows that, you know, don't ever come and say, this is the way we've always done it. And don't ever be afraid to fail. And I think if we follow those two principles, no matter what we do, we'll be able to be successful. I, I tell folks all the time, don't just settle with the first question. Ask yourself the second question or the third question. If the first question is whatever and the answer is no, well, why is it no? Uh, there may be another path. We just haven't seen that. I, I credit a lot of it um, in the folks who have worked with me and worked for me. Uh, we challenge each other. We, we say that's just not we just can't do it that way. You know, there's got to be a better way. You know, we need a win. How do we get a win? And we look for, for those creative ways to do that. You've been city manager for just a couple of months now. How's it going? It is going well. Uh, I have uh, really just been, you know, amazed at the amount of support that has been offered to me uh, from the community, the the phone calls, the 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 handshakes or the hugs at a football game uh it it's been it's been great and that's that's what kingsport is i mean that's that's the backbone of the city we we really do all we, we support each other we lift each other up and so it's been good it's also been very busy uh you know we uh through retirements and promotions and restructuring we're down some positions, and uh, those are key positions as it relates to what I do. So let's talk more generally about what your approach to being a city manager is like. My approach is is somewhat traditional and somewhat non-traditional, you could say. I'm very much a collaborative thinker. Uh, I do not operate in a silo. 
And, and this is also part of the luxury of being here for 22 years. If there's an answer that I need and it's on the front lines of what we do every day, then I'm going to go to the frontline employee and ask them about it. Uh, I very much um, believe that some of the best ideas evolve from the grassroots. And so understanding what those folks on the front line do, and that could be anything. That could be from, you know, our folks that are working on a water line and sub-zero temperatures in the middle of the night to individuals who are are booking birthday parties at the aquatic center or Bays Mountain. They're the employees interfacing with the citizens more so than anybody else. And so what do they need to do their job? Uh, in addition to that, some of the things that, that I want to try to bring to the table is really stepping back and, and looking at where we're going and strategically, how are we getting there? One of the big things that I pushed was strategic planning. I think if you give a department or a staff member a vision and you allow them to create that vision, working with their board or working with their departments, and then that vision aligns with the overall philosophy of the city, then we can turn them loose and they can achieve great things. I'm also very data-driven. Um, I look at data a lot. I encourage my staff to look at the data. The data rarely ever lies. And so if you follow that and you make decisions based upon that, it's easy to defend. However, I'm also aware, especially in this line of work, that sometimes the data may say one thing, but your heart tells you you've got to do something different. And those are, are situations that come up from time to time, and we always have to look at those. We have to ask ourselves, what is the, the best approach? What, how, do we, how do we deal with this, even though maybe the data tells us something different? In addition to that, I focus a lot on economic development, uh, only because I believe that that's an area where we've got to, to really focus on. Um, it's not to say that we haven't been. We've definitely had tremendous resources placed towards this in the past. But I think there's some basics that we've got to get back to. And thus, some of the structure that we've, some of our existing uh, workforce structure that we've gone through and restructured to better align, as well as going in and hiring somebody who gets up every single day and thinks about this. Outside of that, we've got to focus on the infrastructure where the, where the, public makes investments, the private sector follows. But anytime we go in and we make sound investments, we see a return. Classic example is having a conversation with an employee this morning regarding Borden Park and the, I think, well over a million dollars, largely grant funding that we have put into that park and what has that yielded? Well, it's given, it's given us a great park. Everybody that goes there loves it. But what we're now starting to see, which we hoped, but we didn't know when, is we're starting to see the redevelopment of the Borden uh, Village neighborhood. And that's important because one of the other things that we've got to do is we've got to focus on housing. There has been and there continues to be a need for that. I call it the middle income housing, but in many ways, it's all aspects of our housing. Yes, the apartments, the recent construction of the apartments has helped tremendously, but we still are needing, you know, housing to meet the ever-growing demand. Recently, you know, I, I talked with someone who sold their house. When they put it on the market, they sold it in 48 hours. And they sold it at an asking price that they, quite honestly, were surprised that they were able to get. It, it kind of opened a lot of people's eyes to the fact that 
we may not have the demand that we need in order to, to be successful. I'm sure people listening that are in this market on a daily basis are saying, yeah, that's exactly right. Could have told you that. And, and they are. And, you know, it's something that we're constantly looking at. In fact, we've we've been kicking around the idea of a housing summit later this fiscal year. And that will be an opportunity for us to sit down and evaluate what we're doing as a city. You know, we have a strong materials agreement where we provide the, the, the infrastructure, if you will, for water and sewer. Well, what else can we do? How can we streamline the process? What are we doing when it comes to redevelopment? What are we doing when it comes to new construction? All those things have constantly got to be looked at for a city to continue moving forward. You know, the old saying, if you're standing still, you're going backwards. Uh, we can't afford to stand still, and uh, that applies to so many things that we do. So do you have any specific goals for King Sport that you'd like to achieve in your time as city manager? I think you've just touched on some of them, but... You know, I mean, I, I think uh, you take the, the economic development as a piece of it. You take the um, image that we cast as a city as another obviously want to build upon the already strong assets that we have. Uh, we're a proud industrial community. We have always been, we will always continue to be, but also how do we diversify more? Uh, we've got to continue looking at what attracts people to want to live here. A great school system has always been the staple of that, but you know, what are the quality of life things? And that's not just parks. That's also looking at uh, shops and restaurants and other things that, help kind of close that gap, if you will, or tie that circle together of the things that make this a great city. I think also I can't sit in this seat and not talk about having a very strong financially managed city. Uh, we have a long history of that, and I think that's something we've got to continue to build upon. We also have to continue looking at things like debt. Uh, debt is where the city is, is in many ways part of doing business. Managing that debt is what really separates the strong from the weak. We have done so, but how do we how do we lessen our dependence on debt and focus more towards cash? And that's a that's a challenge that we face. That's conversations that uh, I'm having with the budget office, with the finance office, on a fairly regular basis as we get ready to issue debt for the fiscal year 20 budget. So I, I want to look at those things. Uh, infrastructure. We cannot turn our eyes away from infrastructure. Unfortunately, there was a period of time in our history that we did. Uh, when we look back over the, the decades that have made up King Sports history, one of the things that we look at is the there was a point in time where we said, you know, we can move a piece of product from point A to point B. The condition of the road is not necessarily important, or the image that our downtown has is not important. You go back and look at some historic photos of King Sport, and you see these beautiful elm trees that line the street, the gas lantern lights that were uh, along the street. Tremendous emphasis was placed on attraction and recruitment. Uh, we went away from that after the Second World War. And so one of the things that I want to see us get back to is it's a strong infrastructure, an attractive city. And the foundation, thankfully, has already been laid for that. A lot of the work that we're doing right now is helping us to, to go down that path and to continue to look at how we can improve our gateways into our city, uh, have sustainability when it comes to our roads, our sidewalks, and also what's under those roads, water and sewer. In Kingsport City Schools, 
in the history that we have and the legacy that uh, we've been able to leave with just outstanding individuals coming through that the, that program and the impact they've made on our city, our state, and our country. And I think the the final thing I will say, and um, in, in in many ways, is the most important. You know, we've got to continue to take care of the staff that take care of the people of the city and the businesses of the city. We have hands down, and you know, I, people say, "Well, you just say this because you're the city manager of Kingsport." No, I say that because I've had the luxury of spending. 20 plus years traveling the state, traveling the country, looking at other cities. We have a great city. Uh, we have great city staff and the work and the passion that they bring to the job on a daily basis is very difficult to compare, replicate or match across the state and in many ways in the southeast. But you got to take care of those folks. And, you know, so you got to make sure you're providing them with a great workplace. Uh, you got to make sure that you're taking care of them. That's always going to be a high priority for me. I'm only as successful as the folks that are working around me. And um, so it's important that we're doing what we need to do to, uh, to take care of them, to continue to attract uh, strong employees. I think Jeff said as he left the role of city manager that he felt like he's leaving one of the strongest staffs that he'd seen in nearly 35 years that he was here with the city of Kingsport. And boy, was he dead on. Trust me when I when I tell you if you're listening and you're you're asking yourself, you know this is you have a strong staff. You have staff with uh, multiple degrees, several staff even with PhD, making a decision to work in this field because they have a desire to leave it at, as a better place than what they found it. And at the end of, at the end of the day, that's really what separates you know the public servant from others. And that is just that desire to give, desire to serve, and desire to walk away whenever that time is, knowing that you left the city in a better place. Whenever you were studying in college, you never really planned on going down a city manager path, but you ended up here. So along the way, did you have any kind of like aha moment, like, oh, this is what I want to do. This is what I should be doing. I've often thought about that. And I've been asked, what made you decide to go down this path? Um, for me, I'm I'm extremely loyal. Um, I that's just probably how I was raised more than anything else. But I'm very loyal, and I became very loyal to this city. And I had a lot of people along the way that you know encouraged me, uh, were mentors for me. Uh, you know, you go back and and look. Uh, I, I had probably only been on a job uh, a couple of weeks, and I'm walking through downtown as a transportation planner with Pete Connett former city manager, very instrumental in building MetaView. And, you know, listening to him talk and, and beginning to ask myself, is this going to be a career that I'm going to stay with? All along the way, there was Jeff Fleming, who was kind of guiding me and, and you know, being a boss, but also being a friend. And so, you know, I remember when, uh, you know, Jeff told me that uh, he was going to retire. And I remember trying to distract him with some shiny things so that he would change his mind and, you know, would forget <laughs> about it. Uh, but I was unsuccessful, obviously. But, you know, just going through that process and uh, interviewing in front of the board and then, you know, getting that opportunity and in a 7-0 vote, which, you know, very, very humbling to go through. But then reality begins to set in and you begin to realize that, 
within just a matter of a few days, you're going to be the one charged with running the city. You're going to be the one responsible for making sure that success is achieved uh, each and every day. And so I remember it was kind of a, a little different setup for us with this transition. Uh, you know, we promoted from within. Jeff was retiring. There was going to be a little bit of a delay in from his retirement date to the next board meeting. And so uh, I had to come home from vacation a day early and uh, get here in time for a swearing in ceremony. So at, at six o'clock in the morning, I drag my kids out of bed. We jump in the car and begin that, that long drive back uh, from the beach. And, you know, the whole trip, you know, it's about eight hours coming back from where we were at. The whole time I'm, I'm sitting there realizing that, you know, in a few hours, I've got to put my hand on the Bible and, and, and be sworn in as city manager. And it's, it's just one of those things that is very hard to describe. Uh, if you've been in a position uh, similar, you, you might understand it. But it, it helped me to just kind of think on that long drive back what it was going to be like to uh, be in this role and to take charge of the city and to have that opportunity to kind of put my spin on it. And so for nine hours, I'm thinking about that initial walk down the street with Pete Conant at, you know, two weeks on the job, you know, sitting there with a family that uh, here in Kingsport that is having to deal with some difficult times and how do we help with them all the way up to pushing major projects across the finish line. And I think the comment that I made to the board after I was sworn in was, you know, still very surreal. I would be lying if I didn't tell you two months into the job. It's still a little surreal to be in this seat in this city at this time. I'm very fortunate and very blessed. If there's one thing that you wanted people to remember about Kingsport, what would it be? I think we have to always remember that um, we're a city of doers. We're a city of makers. There's very little that has come across our desk in the last hundred plus years that we've not been able to solve. And so I would just simply ask that, you know, we continue to embrace that spirit. We continue to embrace the fact that we can do anything we set our minds to. We've got the ability to do that. We've always had that ability. Uh, and I, I would like to think that we've got the, the resources in place to, to accomplish whatever we want to accomplish. And so if you're, if you're thinking that, eh, I don't know, maybe Kingsport's day is, is come and gone, I would challenge you on that. And I would very much say that we have a great city. We have a great uh, infrastructure in place. We have the necessary tools to be successful. Uh, we just have to go do it. And, and that's part of my job. That's the responsibility of the board, but it's also the responsibility of the citizens of the city is to you know, say, hey, if this is something we want to do, let's go do it. Whatever that task may be, don't think we can't because we probably can. We just have to figure it out. I think we're going we're gonna to end with some lightning round questions. Do a little something fun to, to cap us off here at the end. Are you, are you ready for the lightning round? I think I'm ready. You're I, ready. I have no idea what you're getting ready to throw at me, but let's, let's get it. You got it. it. Okay. Question number one. What is your dream Fun Fest concert? Alive, dead, broken up, still together? I would love to see Journey at Fun Fest. 
who doesn't know a Journey song? Who would not love to sit out there? At a, my kids know Journey. So, hey, let's, let's bring Journey. If you could have dinner with someone, past, present, I guess not future, because then you wouldn't know who they are. <laughs> but if you could have dinner with anybody that's ever lived, who would it be? Why? Wow. You know, I have been asked that question before. And I think every time my answer has been different. So I guess I'm hoping it will come true and then it'll just be a dinner party. Um, I, I would I, I would have to say um, FDR, Franklin Roosevelt. I would really like to just sit down and just have a conversation about how did you maintain the optimism that you had to lead a country and quite honestly, the world through the darkest time in, the, in its history and to come out victorious. Uh, that would be, that would be, that would be a good conversation. All right. Last question. You had to plan a one day itinerary for someone who's never been to Kingsport before. Where would you tell them to go? Start in the morning and in the evening. So if I was to give a tour of Kingsport, it'd have to be a Friday in the fall. And I would start with breakfast at Lynn Garden Restaurant. Uh, just like your mother told you when you were a kid, breakfast is important. It still is today. It's one of my favorite meals. And it's also a great restaurant to just kind of take some time and look around. It's kind of a little slice of Americana, if you will. But take some time to look at the pictures on the wall. Take some time to look at some of the, the history, some of the buildings in this region that uh, some of which are not even standing anymore, but it gives you an idea of, of just really the, the importance of history and how that plays out and the fact that we, we should never forget that. So if it's a Friday in the fall, you've got to spend some time on Base Mountain. Uh, Base Mountain is a 3,500 acre uh, nature preserve right in the middle of our city. Uh, it's one of our crown jewels. It's something that we always direct people to. The city takes a tremendous amount of pride in that, obviously, but spend some time up there walking around the lake, uh, going to the nature center, uh, visiting the, the animal habitats, and just learning a little bit about uh, what the park's purpose is, what it is. Uh, you know, the history behind that, too, is also our first uh, reservoir for providing water to the city over 100 years ago. If you're up for it, hike up to the fire tower, climb up, take some time to just take in some awesome views of the, the city, of the Holston Valley. Uh, it's just a really beautiful area. So you got to come down to back down off the mountain and you've got to come to downtown Kingsport after that. Uh, our city was laid out by uh, actually an engineer with the railroad. And then from that, the renowned city planner, John Nolan, took that and began to kind of craft the design that you see today. So you got to spend some time downtown, eat lunch, uh, walk down Main Street, uh, see Centennial Park, the train station, the train depot, possibly even walk up to Church Circle, uh, which I think is one of the most beautiful landmarks in this whole region. Uh, it's very interesting when you step back and you look from Church Circle all the way down Broad Street, and you see the commerce and the transportation, but you also see where the city was centered in, and that's what uh, Church Circle uh, means to, to us here in Kingsport. In the afternoon, you kind of need to spend some time soaking up the history of Kingsport. So we talk a lot about, you know, Kingsport kind of has two beginnings, if you will. Well, those are time on the river when the city first started. So spend some time walking along the Greenbelt, see the Netherland Inn, 
uh, learn about the flat boat, uh, the early settlements that were here in this area, Long Island, and the history it has for the Cherokee Indian Nation, and then travel up the road a little ways to the Exchange Place, one of the uh, stagecoach stage stops, also very, very instrumental in the really the development of this region with the Preston family. So from there, you spent some time on the mountain, you spent some time downtown, you soaked up history. Again, it's a Friday in the fall, you've got to go to J. Fred Johnson Stadium and you've got to see the Dobbins Bennett Indians take on whoever that opponent might be. But I think one of the things that I like about this, and, and we've actually had folks from out of town come in, visit our city, and we end up there on a Friday night. And the thing that I like so much about it is, is that it, it gives you a sense of the community. It gives you a sense of who we are. It allows you to see um, this city and really its finest, supporting the youth um, and really just, you know, enjoying the company of their neighbors. And so it's always a fun night. You get to see uh, an outstanding band. I'm a, I'm a little biased as my, my son was a member of that band, but it, uh, it truly is a great experience. And I think that would wrap up my uh, tour of Kingsport. And I hope that whoever was with me would have a wonderful time. And that brings us to the end of our first episode. Chris, thanks for being here. Thank you. Enjoyed it. And thanks to you for listening. You can find Chris on social media at KingsportCM. Please subscribe and leave us a review. That helps other people find us. We'll see you right here next week for a quick overview of current city projects. Thank you.